cleansing means to make clean. You see the word clean in the word cleansing. Let me do a little experiment for you. Look at my hands. They are dirty. Maybe I can just brush the dirt off. No, that doesn't work. Maybe I could shake the dirt off. Nope, that's not working either. How do we get dirty hands clean? That's right, we wash them with soap and water. Yay, they've been washed and cleansed by the soap and water. Soap and water cannot make up clean, cannot make us clean from sin. God is the only one who can do that. Just as we can no longer see the dirt on our hands when we have washed it away, God says he no longer sees our sin. Instead, he sees us as clean from all our sin because we have trusted in what Jesus did for us. What should we do when we sin? Confess. Confess means, which means to admit without making excuses. When we confess to God, we tell him exactly what we have done. It's not easy to admit that we have done wrong. God already knows, but he wants us to admit it and take responsibility for our behavior. After we confess to God something we have done wrong, he will do two three things for us. One, he will forgive us of our sin. Forgive means to stop being angry or to give up trying to punish somebody or get even with somebody else. And then he cleanses us or makes us clean from the wrong or sinful action that we have confessed to him. Let me give you a little story. Amanda needed help. Today was the weekly spelling test. She really needed to pass it, but she had not studied like she should have. What am I going to do? She asked herself. I know. I'll just write the hardest words on my hands. Miss Smith will never notice. If I look at my hands during the test, I'll get those hard words right. But Amanda had received Jesus as her Savior a few months before, and she knew that what she had done was wrong. But when Miss Smith praised her for studying so hard and all the kids were glad for her, she didn't let cheating bother her. For the next two weeks, she used the same trick and it worked every time. But one day, she was careless when she handed her paper to Miss Smith and she noticed the words on her hands. Amanda, she said, I want you to stay after class so we can have a little talk. Amanda was scared. What would happen now? I just won't admit it, she thought as she washed her hands. She doesn't have any proof. So Amanda refused to admit to Mrs. Smith that she was wrong or even that she had done it. Oh, Amanda, Miss Smith said, I'm so sorry you're taking this attitude. I cannot trust you now. I'll have to watch you very carefully every time we have a test. Also, you will have to retake the test you passed before. Of course, she did not get good grades this time. Amanda felt terrible. She had disappointed Miss Smith and lost her trust, and she had sinned against God. As the weeks went by, she began to feel dirty inside. Finally, she couldn't stand it any longer. Oh, God, she prayed. I am so sorry I cheated. Please forgive me. 
The next day after school, she went to Mrs. Smith and said, I did it. I cheated, and I'm really sorry. Please forgive me. Yes, Amanda, I'll forgive you, said Mrs. Smith, and I will be glad to help you study for any future spelling test anytime you want to. Amanda felt wonderful then, all clean inside. She had learned the hard way that it doesn't pay to do wrong. She had also learned that she could be forgiven and feel clean if she would confess what she had done. Last lesson, we learned how God came to live in the midst of his people in the tabernacle. This week, we'll learn about the special way he made for them to be forgiven and cleansed when they sinned, so they could come into his presence and worship. When they were clean inside, they could go about their daily activities without feeling guilty, knowing that God would be with them and help them. Well, last year we studied the book of Genesis, and this year we have made our way through Exodus. Now we're going to get into the third book of the Bible, which is Leviticus. It's a collection of laws and instructions that God gave Moses when he was on the mountain for a group of people called the Levites. God had a goal for his people. He told his people they were to be holy separated from sin because he is holy, sinless, completely separate from sin and evil. It was not possible for the Israelites to be sinless or completely separate from sin like God is because they were sinners, just like you and me are. God meant that he wanted them to choose to separate themselves from sin, to live by his rules, to obey and honor him. That would make them different from the nations who lived around them. Then those other nations would see how different they were and would want to know more about the one true God. Some of the Israelites rebelled against God and refused to obey him. Like those who worshipped the golden calf, they didn't trust God and they were punished with death. But many of the people chose to believe in God's goodness and wanted to live God's way. They separated themselves from sin and obeyed God's law most of the time. Still, because they were sinners, they sometimes did wrong things. So God made a way for them to be forgiven when they sinned. God said to Moses, When anyone sins, he must bring an offering to the entrance of the tabernacle. It must be a perfect male animal that's not injured or sick and that doesn't have any kind of defects on it, from the flock of sheep or the herd of goats, he must lay his hand on the head of the animal and confess that he has sinned before it is killed. Of course, the animal couldn't really pay for the man's sin. Bringing the sacrifice showed that he believed God. It was a way for the man to confess that he had sinned and that he deserved to die. God forgave and cleansed him because of his faith in God. Then the man could go home rejoicing because God had made a way for him to be forgiven and cleansed from the sin he had committed. The sacrifice also was a wonderful picture of what God was going to do many years later when his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, came into the world and died on the cross to take the punishment for all the sin of everyone who ever lived. 
You know, God doesn't want our sacrifices. He wants obedience from our hearts. Well, on the mountain, God said to Moses, I have chosen the tribe of Levi to serve me in the tabernacle. They are to help all the people make their sacrifices and worship me. Have all the other tribes provide their food and other needs so they can serve me there every day. This was a special honor. Moses and Aaron were from this tribe. God also said to Moses, Set apart your brother Aaron and his sons to be my priests and serve me in the tabernacle. Aaron will be the high priest in charge of the entire tabernacle and in charge of the other priests. The priests were to represent the people before God. God's special job for the other Levite men was to help the priests by taking care of the tabernacle. Some cut wood to keep the fire on the altar burning or cleaned up after animals were sacrificed and carried the ashes from the altar or washed all the silver bowls and platters used in worship. Others made sure there was always water in the washstand, bread on the table of showbread, incense on the altar of incense, or oil burning in the lampstand. The Levites also were responsible for moving the tabernacle when the people were traveling and setting it up in the new location. After the priests packed all the furniture from inside the tent, according to God's instructions, the Levites packed everything else just the way God said they should. They moved the heavy boards, curtains and large pieces, and wagons pulled by oxen, but they carried all the rest on their shoulders. The pieces of furniture were made with rings on the sides and special carrying poles which slid through the rings so the Levites could lift the furniture to their shoulders for carrying. The Ark of the Covenant, which the high priest cared for, also had rings and poles so the Levites could carry it. When the Levites died, their sons and grandsons continued this special service to the Lord. God also told Moses to have special clothing made for Aaron and the other priests to show they were set apart to serve him. Moses wrote God's instructions for these special garments in Exodus chapter 28. Aaron's garments were especially beautiful because he was the high priest and went into God's presence to represent the people. The garment he wore next to his skin was made of fine linen, over this, he wore a long blue robe that reached almost to the floor. It had tassels around the bottom hem of it or in the sides that looked something like little pomegranates. Over his, this, he wore a long blue robe that reached almost to the floor. It had tassels around the hem that looked something like little pomegranate fruit. Some were purple, some were red. Between the pomegranates hung small golden bells that jingled as he walked. Over the blue robe, Aaron wore a sleeveless linen garment called a tunic that was embroidered with gold, blue, purple, and scarlet like the curtains of the tabernacle. It had a belt of the same material. On each shoulder was a flat gold-mounted onyx stone that had the names of six of the tribes of Israel written on it. On the front was a beautiful breastplate that was surrounded by braided chains of gold and had 12 precious stones set in gold. 
the name of one of the twelve tribes was engraved on each stone. Every time Aaron went into the tabernacle, he was reminded that he was going to God for the people, for he wore their names on his shoulders and over his heart. He also wore a special linen hat called a turban. On its front was a gold plate that said, Holy to the Lord. Skilled Israelite craftsmen made all the priests' clothing. The priests wore these special garments whenever they were serving the Lord in the tabernacle. The special work of the priest was to offer sacrifices. In addition to helping the people when they brought animals to be sacrificed for their own sins, they also made sacrifices for the sins of all the people. Every morning and evening they killed an animal, caught its blood in a basin, and poured it out at the foot of the altar. Then they burned the animal on the brass altar as an offering to God for the sins of all the whole nation. Seeing the innocent animal die in their place because of their sin was a daily reminder to the people that sin is a terrible thing in God's sight and it must be punished by death. The priests also offered all the other sacrifices as God had instructed, some for special feast days and some for celebrations. Some required animals or doves or pigeons. Others required grains. Whatever the sacrifice was, it must be perfect and undamaged because it was for a holy God. How wonderful that God would make a way for his people to be cleansed and forgiven in their fellowship with him. When Aaron and his sons died, their sons would become the priests and make the sacrifices. When they were gone, their sons would become priests too. Well, in summary, God planned for his people to confess their sins and experience his forgiveness and cleansing through the priests offering daily morning and evening sacrifices for the sins of all the people. People that realized they had sinned brought a perfect lamb or goat to be sacrificed on the altar several times a year. To confess means to agree with what God says about what we have done, to admit what we did and call it sin. The animal had to die because God said that the punishment for sin is death. The animal died to show that the worshiper deserved to die and to point to their coming Savior. Bringing the sacrifice was God's way for them to confess their sin and experience His forgiveness and cleansing. The problem was that it wasn't long after the people left the tabernacle before they sinned again. Sacrifices had to be done again and again because they sinned and needed to confess over and over. This special way God made for his people to be forgiven was a promise that one day his son Jesus would come as the Lamb of God to pay for the sin of the world. It was also a picture of what he would do. Like the lamb the people brought, Jesus didn't deserve to die, for he had never sinned. He died on the cross to pay for our sins once and for all, and rose again so that we can someday live with God forever in heaven. By his death, he also made a way for all of us who have trusted him as Savior to be forgiven and cleansed when we confess our daily sinful actions, thoughts, words, and attitudes to him. He really is a wonderful Savior who loves us very much. Is there something you know you've done and you need to 
confess your sins so that you can be forgiven and cleansed.